Running Buds. Welcome to the Running Buds podcast with myself, Charlie Lambrix, in Utah, and Steve McNamee in Ohio. Two guys, two states, one incredible running podcast. <laughs> yeah. I have is. data to back <laughs> that up, Steve. I'm not just saying it. I have data. Have you seen our Spotify wrap-up? No, I haven't seen this, Charlie. Do tell. Well, you should follow us on Facebook, Steve, because uh, if you did, you would have seen that Spotify does like this year-end review. Anybody that uses Spotify, or maybe it's just premium users, I don't know. They like compile all the music you've listened to during the year and show your stats, like what artists you listen to most, what songs you listen to the most, uh, what genres, how much time you spent, what was your number one podcast. By the way, some people actually reached out to me that their number one podcast this year was Running Buds. Uh, But even aside from that, just we got the same thing as for having a podcast on their platform. And they gave all these stats. And um, I mean, we've been tracking the show the the entire time, but this was just proof, just the huge boosts we've had in number of listeners, number of countries, we were listened to in like 18 different countries um, this year. Uh, the number of listeners, the number of downloads, everything was just like way, way up. And um, it's just really humbling that that so many people have continued to show interest in this odd, sometimes insightful, sometimes funny always immature podcast so thank you everyone it's really cool whenever i'm asked about the podcast i just try to explain it as you know imagine the joe rogan show about niche running and that's what that's what we are and even even better in in my opinion less controversial um but far funnier i think we're like what meet the press is to politics if meet the press was only talking about like what the politicians probably smell like and how fast they could run a 5k you know yeah that's that's how we are have you ever had to pee during a speech Oh, uh, but thank you, everyone. Sincerely, that's that's great. And I was thinking, Steve, um, when I one of the weird things I do, and it's really embarrassing, but it's par for the course. Is I play fantasy football, and I listen to a few fantasy football podcasts. But when my team loses fantasy football that weekend. I, it's really hard for me to listen to the fantasy football podcast after that. I do not want to hear all the analysis and how everything went wrong for me. And I imagine that a lot of people aren't running their absolute best right now. So the fact that our numbers are running pat running <laughs> podcast is getting more listens during this unprecedented times. It's really awesome. So you're extrapolating your experience with fantasy football to everybody running yes. poorly and yes. uh, they're going to take it out on us as a result of, of running poorly. Yeah. Uh, if I wasn't running, like imagine you got injured and, 
couldn't run for a couple weeks. Do you think yeah. you'd still be listening to your running podcast? No, no, I, I don't want anything to do with running when I can't run. Exactly. Um, too depressing. But allow me to make an alternative suggestion. And this came up um, recently um, in a conversation, but I, I've experienced a lot of people actually having really good runs, like even virtual runs, very fast PRs, PRs in small races. And it kind of occurred to me that with all a lot of speed coming from people that aren't normally getting fast, that I think people are running well when they aren't killing themselves training for marathons. What are your thoughts? Um, maybe. Well, uh, are you just teeing this up to talk about your PR at Churchill's? No. Is that what's going I'm... on? It, it may have come <laughs> that I mean, that may have spurred the conversation, but I mean, think about it this way. When you train for a marathon, if you do say two marathons a year or even one marathon a year, it doesn't matter. But let's say you spend, you know, 16 or 20 weeks. So that's four or five months training for the marathon. And then after the marathon, it's a good maybe month before you really gain back those legs. So it's half a year devoted to one marathon on average. And that's a half a year that you're not putting your best run into a 5K, a 10K, a half marathon, mm. the shorter distances. So when uh, when you get into that mode of running a marathon, um, it really takes away from from a lot of your other runs. And that's that's the theory. There's I have no evidence to back this up, except anecdotal that I've run, I... I've run several PRs myself. Yeah, that's true. Thank you for bringing that up, Charlie. That's true. If I were to guess, <laughs> I'd say like. Of course, there's there's some of what you're saying going on that without doing specific longer run training, people are getting better at shorter stuff. Um, but I bet on the whole, like the net effect is of all the things happening, um, the lack of races to be specific is that people aren't training as much, that they're finding less to get motivated by and that they're not running their best. I think that's probably more common than people like you, Steve, who are really just finding themselves lately. <laughs> just a couple, just a, a man and a couple carbon plates with a dream. Yeah, that's yeah, what you are, exactly. Steve. Exactly. <laughs> just cheating my ass off every chance I get. I, I even, I, I have to admit, Charlie, I, uh, I did a run recently real quick. This is just a quick aside, but I did a run and uh, I, I had to ditch my shirt. I, I overdressed. So I ditched my shirt in, in some bushes, which just happened to be near my favorite running shop. And uh, when I went, drove back to get my shirt, my, uh, my phone went off. It was from my Nike app that just gives me little alerts here and there when cool shoes come out. And it was an alert that uh, their new uh, um, next percents came out in, in this color called mango, which were just beautiful. I love looking at them. So I kind of thought, you know what? I'm just going to go check over at the shop and see if they happen to have these mango shoes. And it was like, it was to be, they had them. They had just come in and uh, I purchased. So I, I bought a pair of, uh, of next percents that I then used to PR and a half marathon um, about a week later. Sounds like fate, buddy. It's fate. It is fate. And uh, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done that if I was training for a marathon. I probably would have, uh, um, saved my money or uh, 
<laughs> probably not done the run that I did that particular day. So it's, it's all, uh, it's all interconnected. It's, it's, it's kismet. It's the cosmos all coming together to create these amazing moments in the most difficult of times. Have you run in those shoes yet? Oh yeah. I've, I've, I've done 13.1 miles in those shoes. Oh, the fastest 13.1 you've ever done, right? That is correct. And that's the race we were talking about with uh, race director Todd about where he was like, I don't know. I'm not doing anything. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen. So I haven't done anything. Well, it happened. And uh, Steve ran a PR. <laughs> yeah, very true. And as we're talking about races, just real quick, uh, the, the race did go off. And uh, the race is point to point. And it, I mean, there's a lot of amenities that go with the race. So all of those amenities were stripped away. And this includes uh, transportation to and from the start. Um, I should say from the finish line. Uh, yeah, you park normally at the finish line and you get transported to the start line. So you were responsible for, for that, that transportation. Uh, there was no indoor, um, you know, there, there was no comfort indoor because it was a cold morning. So normally there's a high school. So it was, everything was stripped down and I really appreciated the effort that went into um, getting that race off. Uh, there was, there was corrals that were um, these crazy, arrangement of, of corrals that, that made it possible. And uh, it's just cool to see everybody going along with the changes they had to make just for the sake of having a race. So I, I hope that's going on in your part of the world somewhat too, Charlie. Uh, there was, we talked about it on the last episode. There was a half marathon that happened um, on Thanksgiving and the Salt Lake City had a virtual race that was a little more real than most virtual races. Like the cones and start and finish were still set up and was kind of do it between, I don't know, 9 a.m. and noon. Mm -hmm. And times were submitted. I think it was still chip time stuff, if I believe right. So kind of like that on your own race um but it was a specific course that everyone was doing within this window and they had results and whatnot so i think that was actually a pretty cool idea um but yeah a, a race happened um a normal live race happened i know some people that did it and they said that the numbers were way way down from other years and there was a lot of mask wearing and general social distancing in the, the corrals and yep. there was nothing indoors. So it happened. Yeah. Well, good. Very good. Um, I did something on Thanksgiving. This was the first time in nine years I didn't have a race on Thanksgiving. So I set up a bit of a challenge for me. If you remember two episodes prior, Steve, we talked about the pregnant lady mm who ran a 525, nine months pregnant. Yes, I do recall. Um, so you asked me what's the fastest I've ever done a mile, and I decided on Thanksgiving morning, all alone, I was going to go for my fastest mile. Uh, I had a specific goal of breaking five minutes, which I've, I've never done before. Um, so Thanksgiving morning came. Uh, we were, of course, home. We didn't travel anywhere. And um, 
I got out the door to go on a run. I was going to do a one mile warm up, get to a nice flat path, uninterrupted, straight away. And I get out on the path and I'm like, hmm, looks a little wet, a little wet. And I start running and it was in fact a bit icy. <laughs> I got about a, I got about a third of a mile oh. into the, the the effort and said, no, this isn't safe or going to be possible to hold this while I'm like <laughs> trying not to slip and fall. Uh, so I kind of circled around, got back on off this, this bike path essentially and onto some side streets and I'm running on these side streets. And I'm like, these seem a lot drier and safer. Maybe I can just make this happen out here on the street. So I, I did another effort um, and that just wasn't working. Got about a quarter mile in and I was knew it wasn't going to happen. Uh, so I said, well, the sun is coming up. It was a very thin layer of ice, just patchy also. I'm sure in about an hour, hour and a half, this will be perfectly fine to run and I can make another effort. So I went back home, uh, waited around for about 90 minutes, <laughs> got back out the door, did the same route and went for it. And I ran my fastest mile I ever have but I didn't break that five minute barrier as I was, as I was going for hoping for. Um, I'm wondering if my two false starts as I'm going to call them might've hurt me a little bit, it didn't help, I'm sure. um, but I, it didn't help. Right. But I, I didn't miss, I did miss it, but that's my last sort of goal for the year. Uh, I am going to hit my mileage goal. Uh, but in terms of speed, I, I still have this and, now, between sometime between uh, now and uh, December thirty first at midnight, I'm gonna try and break that five minutes. So that's that's what we got to do. Now we talked about it a lot <laughs> with Mike uh, last time. You just gotta pivot, find new goals, find ways to get motivated. Yeah, so exactly. That's it for me. Yeah. Uh, Thanksgiving, you had a race, an informal. We, uh, so right? a group of friends, we decided that we were just going to do a very small scale. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of the, the, the aggregate of the group that runs together anyways. And we usually run together in two or three, but we all got together. We, uh, we had a course set up. And uh, yeah, so uh, the funny thing is that uh, the time that I ran somebody else pointed this out to me at the time that I ran, I, I, I'm a master's runner. So that's how I judge myself by the, that wonderful age grading. But uh, I finished down lower in the standings among the, I think 14 of us that ran than I would have at, at the, uh, the 3000 person event that uh, went off last year. So uh, it was a lot of fast guys and uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, Wait, I need you to specify. So, like, you can't possibly be talking about percentage. No, not percentage. In a three thousand, I had more in a three thousand okay. finish ahead of me on Thursday in your fourteen person race than you would have in the three thousand person. Yes, race. that's correct. Because everybody was together, there was nobody out traveling, um, and I, my, my, the guys that I run with, there's a lot of fast guys. There's a, um, there's a few that are 
a little uh, near my age and older that are just extremely fast. And it really keeps me on. You run with an elite crowd, my friend. You run with an elite crowd. Yeah, and they make me better. I really enjoy those guys. So shout out to you guys. Um, but uh, yeah, they they killed it. But uh, it was so. How did this race happen? Did you guys all start at the same time? So you were chasing each other and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. We or what? We we found we had a start line, so we we pretty much just jogged over to the start line. Um, we queued up and uh, wait. You did what? You jogged. We jogged. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's right. You know why you jogged? Because you did not care how fast you were going. Yep, exactly. Man, we we are pivoting back. Good to use of the word. So yeah, yeah. Check our archives for further explanation of this term. But we all these callbacks. <laughs> Uh, so we did a jog. We ran our course. It was a point-to-point course, and nicely, um, it was uh, it was slightly downhill. I mean, sign- not significant in this part of the world, but uh, we had a great. Well, you guys really, uh, you guys really pampered yourself for this. <laughs> we then, did. Huh? We didn't plan on the tailwind, but we had a wonderful <laughs> tailwind, and uh, it, so it was it was fun. Uh, one of the participants grabbed uh, some uh, some pies and some. Uh, some pastries. So uh, we, we went right down first to last and everybody uh, took turns grabbing a pastry out of the back of, uh, out of uh, a guy's trunk and uh, everybody went home with the prize, a participation medal that we could eat. <laughs> Who won? Uh, the winner was uh, a friend of my name, Julian Avery. And uh, he's, uh, I don't know, I couldn't, I couldn't even tell you his time. He was so far ahead of me, but um, he was, uh, he's a fast dude. And I don't think he, I think he wanted to break, uh, Julian's going to correct me on this, but I think he wanted to break maybe 16. And uh, I think it wasn't happening. And uh, so he kind of, he kind of pulled off and, and he had a pretty sizable lead on second place. So he, he cruised in at a mid 16 range to my memory. Outstanding. So, yeah, it was fun. I actually, while I didn't do any race but uh, my solo run on Thanksgiving itself, I had a very similar experience uh, to your Thanksgiving 5K today. Oh, really? Uh, I've got two. Yeah, I've got two friends, running friends, John Hansen and Thatcher Olson, that uh, for the second consecutive year have put on the Hansen. Uh, Olsen classic <laughs> 5k uh john made the announcement at the beginning of our i'm using the air quotes race and when he said classic i out loud went classic uh, i don't know how you can call this race a classic when it's you know two years old and is um a bit of a grassroots endeavor uh, but it was just sort of a facebook event uh, John actually texts me. He's like, Hey, did you see this last night? Are you going to come out? And I was like, I wasn't planning on it, but sure, let's do it. Why not? And um, so that happened today. Uh, we have this park, Liberty Park, that has a 1.4 mile loop. Uh, so we have, uh, we actually had a start line. Somebody spray painted start <laughs> on the sidewalk. Always appreciate the park. Uh, and then it was, uh, do two laps, and then when you need three-tenths more of a mile, 
it's those three sets of green pipes, not the close <laughs> one, but the farther one. That's the finish line. Uh, we probably had about 25 people. Oh, though. cool. It was a nice turnout. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, now that I think that's maybe a little bit high, but it was a decent turnout. Um, good little group there. Yeah. And believe it or not, there were photographers. Uh, <laughs> plural. Which I was shocked by. It wasn't um, the sheriff's office because you had too big of a crowd, was it? <laughs> no, <Okay>. no. <laughs> I think this was legal. And uh, they were actually very useful because they stood by the second set of three green pipes, which was the finish line. Uh, so that really made it l legit feeling. Um, but yeah, so it was, uh, okay, everybody ready, set, let's go. Mm -hmm. Uh, but like you pretty competitive, like really fast guys. And, uh, somehow, some way I was able to hold it together for second place. I was, um, pretty pleased with my time, all things considered. I'm not going to be an annoying runner. Uh, the only person I lost to is my good friend Melchor, who um, everyone always lo loses to because he's an outstanding runner. Yes. He's a guy I work out with quite a bit. Uh, I, I did a 5K on 4th of July, too, and he was the only one to beat me there. Uh, but this one, despite, you know, much smaller, just like yours, it had a lot more competition. Plenty of guys who have run much faster times than me, who have beat me head-to-head -head in races before. So, um I was pretty pleased to be able to hold them all off and Mel Melchor was way ahead of me, but, um, but yeah, it was pretty cool. It's amazing how few bells and whistles you need to replicate that race energy and buzz and adrenaline that makes a pace you could never, ever do in not a race possible for over three miles isn't that funny do you agree with oh, that you know what? yeah yeah i've said many times charlie that you know all you really need i mean and this is really it's an incorrect statement which i'll correct but all you really need is two lines and a clock you know and you've got a race i mean that's how simple the sport or, is or if you don't have lines three green or pipes, three green pipes and... <laughs> or, or for the uh for the the, the little you know, unofficial turkey trot uh it was uh there was a flagpole so, I mean, it's just whatever, you know. Oh, perfect. It's like playing baseball when you're a kid, you know, in the yard where the tree is first base and then the, the fire hydrant is second base. Um, but, uh, it how, you know, beyond that, you know, a start point, a finish point, and a clock, um, you need people, you know, you need people to really race against and you need to get that competitive edge going, you know, and, and it, could, it could be your friends that you run against all the time and you've done thousands of miles with, with the same group of people through the woods, through the roads, just, you know, conversational. But that one day you get together with those guys and you say, all right, let's go. It's, it's a whole new ball game. And that, that competitive edge that you can only get in that situation is, is fantastic, isn't it? I mean, it, it's such a high. It's almost impossible to describe to somebody who doesn't run or, or has never experienced it. I can honestly say that's the most fun I've ever had during a 5K today. That being said, <laughs> I hate running 5Ks. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, just because, 
you miss it you know it was yeah. fun and it was perfect like we had a group you know through that first mile that were all there until Melchor decided to he was sick of us <laughs> and and threw it down but uh that just it was so great to be in a little running pod uh racing yeah you know it was it felt good so big shout out to john and thatcher thanks for throwing on your classic 5k yeah well you know espn has given us the term an instant classic so i mean two years in and <laughs> having that much fun and really um you know, getting into that sweet spot of uh, no races, it's, it sounds like an instant classic. I may have said this on the podcast before, but uh, you know how we're talking about, you know, you had your flagpole, I had my three green pipes mm, yep. um, finish. Do you know how, you know, the, you familiar with the event, the steeplechase? Yes. Uh, that's the one, if anyone's unfamiliar, they go around the track, but there's hurdles and one of the hurdles has water on the other side and the water is so long you can't possibly not get wet yeah. doing this race yeah. um do you know how that originated and why it has the name it does i have heard the story but i'm gonna let you tell it to see if uh i'm fairly certain <laughs> i've said this on the podcast before but it's so damn interesting yeah. i'm gonna say it again uh it started in like england mm -hmm. like way back when and it would be just a group of locals would have just a foot race. And um, this was well before, like, you know, there was distance racing as we know it now. And so what they would do is they would meet at one church steeple and run to another one that was in the distance um, that you could see in the distance. And it was no course, just whoever got there first. So you would be jumping over fences or through creeks and gullies and whatnot. So that's that's why the steeplechase now has the hurdles and the water to replicate kind of that, that uh, thing that happened. And even its distance, I think it's like three miles or something, a, a standard steeplechase. I uh, I want to say three thousand. Whatever, three thousand meters, I believe. Oh, that probably makes a lot more sense. Three thousand meters. Uh, I think it, that even the distance was picked to kind of replicate the sort of distance that these chaps would run. Now we have a listenership in England. Uh, I know Ian is out there, but there may be even more. So maybe you guys can correct me, or uh, well, I think you're right. Or, can corroborate this and well, I, I you think it's it. right because i've told you before and so it sounds familiar <laughs> but it's the same bullshitter telling you the same crap <laughs> over again so you're starting to believe it <laughs> it's like one of those stories that you tell for half your life and then one day you google it and find out that's not even close like you <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, turns out grandpa didn't walk to school <laughs> six miles uphill both ways <laughs> funny enough though um it talking about that uh um you know the the randomness of of finish lines and and signposts um you know when when i ran the we had the, we had a course set up so we actually wheeled the course um we we ran it one day and and somebody actually had a wheel so we we had a we had a, a 
exact measurement, which we believe is an exact mem- mem- or measurement. But um, my I big, mean, it's as exact as you can get in a running it is. course because that's what they use for a course for what we know is just going to be dudes getting together to run. It, it's it was just complete overkill. But but my one hang up, the, my one goal for the race was the fact that um, earlier this year I did run my fastest five k. And when my watch finished, it was exactly 3.10, but Strupa grabbed it. It did not give me credit for that, that, that glorious little gold medal that says fastest 5K. So it did not click as a 5K, even though it said 3.1 miles. I was just so annoyed by that fact that I got cheated out of the Strava PR, even though I had what I considered to myself my 5K PR. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize that you ran a PR there as that, well. Yeah. You're just PRing all over oh, the place. Oh, I know. It's because I'm not doing any marathons. That was That's the the, the crux of my, my theory is that I haven't ruined myself with marathons. Dude, wait. when you looked at your watch and you saw it said 3.10, mm-hmm. why didn't you think... Uh, I better go a little well, bit more one, just in um, case. I, I'm in the habit of I'm so excited to finish. I'm like you. I hate, hate 5Ks. Absolutely hate 5Ks. They're stressful. Oh, it, it's just like it's like the cross we have to bear as runners for these stupid 5Ks. But I, I literally, I have like this mental trick, which I can go into later if you want. But when I get to that finish line, I stop my watch immediately just to like tell myself, okay, you can stop now. This this is over. So I never even look at my watch. It could be it can't hurt you anymore. <laughs> it could be it could be two point nine miles, Charlie, and I would feel the same joy finishing as I would if it was three point four miles. I, I just I just got to get through it. But I knew I was having a good race, and uh, I, I didn't even think it didn't even occur to me. Um, I was looking at the clock. So I try to stop my watch. This is another little aside, but I've learned to cross the line, take a couple steps, and then stop my watch because I have many finished photos where I look bad enough in a finished photo, but then my hand is, is on my watch. So it just looks ridiculous. So I always try to get a nice little pose in before I stop my watch. Um, but when it was, I glanced down, I saw it was 3.10 dead on. I was like, sweet. you know, I'm going to get a Strava PR here too. Didn't happen. So that was my goal come uh, Thanksgiving morning in our informal turkey trot was I ran until I got to 3.11. And uh, I did manage a Strava PR that, that morning. So that was my uh, that was like my reward for the turkey trot uh, last Thanksgiving. Is there anything you and those shoes can't <laughs> accomplish, Steve? Um, I don't know. I mean, Charlie... I'm I'm still finding out the limits of my uh, my capabilities when I when I wear cheating shoes, and I just get superpowers. I I love them. Was this Saucony or Nike? Uh, this is Nike. This is my OG Nikes. This is my uh, yeah. my Nike four percents from a couple years ago. Okay, so is there anything you found conclusive yet on the Sauconies? Uh No, I actually haven't worn those in a while. Yeah. I didn't. I I just forgot to bring mine um, to this. I'll call it informal 5K we had. So I'm still inconclusive on on mine as well. Um, why is it we hate 5Ks so much, Steve? I just said that they're stressful, but 
but do you have anything more yeah. that why we hate them? Like, cause I, I'm thinking to a lot of runners, it makes sense right away when we say we hate them, but I, I'm imagining some will be like, why, why they're shorter. That seems yeah. better, easier. Isn't it right? a fascinating question? Like why would we prefer say a 10 K to a five K or, um, Maybe we don't, but five is, I mean, he, uh, you can chime in too, Charlie. To me, the 5K, it's it's long enough you can really, really hurt yourself. And it's short enough that you feel like you can just really go balls out and come close to killing yourself without consequence. I don't think you could run very fast at all. Like well, that. I know, but okay. Like I'm, I'm not talking like insane bolt sprinting 100 <laughs> meters. But it, it, it's tantalizingly short yeah. that you can really. Oh, you are yes. being metaphorical. Like you can, you okay. can really take okay. yourself to the limit very quickly, and you can get deep into your pain threshold and spend a good. It, I mean, you're not there immediately. So let's say you can spend two miles at a pain threshold, and that two miles that takes a long time, even if you're going very fast. Even if you run, I don't, I mean, even like just to pick a round number, like a seven minute pace, that's 14, almost 15 minutes that you would spend in just extreme agony. And yes. Yeah, so. And uh, um, it, so when you can go a 10 K or a half or any of those other distances, you can moderate a little bit and you can kind of pull back, but in a 5k, you just don't feel like you have that luxury. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and to add to it, you're going to be in so much pain at that mile three. It, it's an intense pain, and you cross that finish line, be it a flagpole or three pipes, whatever it is, five minutes later, you're going to feel yeah. pretty okay. And you're going to be like, damn, did I not push as hard as I possibly could? I, I could probably run that course again right now comfortably like <laughs> what is going on here also uh 5ks have a lot of high schoolers who are uh-huh. the worst to race against because they're gonna do an insanely fast first mile and uh you're just not gonna know what to do the thing is too if we were to compare it to a marathon which i, I think is the race we talk about the most on this show uh the marathon that pace is going to be slower than what you should be doing tempos or speed work at, right? Um, It's a fast pace, but it's something you can kind of control and you know how it's going to feel. In fact, if you train for a marathon properly and you have the right goal, those first 12 miles are going to feel fairly not easy, but you're going to be consciously slowing yourself down because you know that you're going too fast and you need to save some of that energy for the future miles. So there's this whole conservation thing going on and it can be even pretty enjoyable first half. I've definitely enjoyed the first half of a marathon. Um, A 5k, it's not a sprint, but it is so much faster than what you would even do. Maybe you would do if I did mile repeats, even at a 5k pace, that would be very challenging. So it is so 
kind of pushes that limit um, for so long that it, it really yeah. is painful, I find. And, and I don't know how to regulate that either because you know you got to go fast, but you can't give absolute everything. So it's very hard to kind of gauge what that pace should feel like and how, how long to hold on to it. And, and in the end, it's only three miles. So it, it stinks that you can be in so much pain and slow your pace down so much after, after it, that it is. It's, it's and I tell beginners this all the time, whenever I can explain a 5k, but you know, you get the first mile is like a free mile. Like you can get away with murder. And then, you know, with our GPS watches, how many times, Charlie, have you gotten to the first mile and you hear that little beep and you just glance down and you're just like, then did it get this slow motion? Like, Oh no. Like, Oh shit. Like I just ran, I'm, I'm yeah. out of control. I'm going to pay for this. And, uh, it, and then you go another quarter mile and you're like, you know what? I have been training really well. Maybe, maybe today's my day. Maybe I am just going to absolute run a two and a half minute 5k PR. You know what? I'm good enough. I'm fast enough. It's time I got mine. And then half a mile later, you're like, oh my God. <laughs> I just got stained <laughs> in the ribs. <laughs> I cannot believe I thought I could do that. <laughs> when is this over? This race is baloney. I never wanted to do it anyway. Why well, am I, I mean, here? Speaking of PRs, my, my, uh, so the, the, the Thanksgiving 5k was not a PR, but the first mile was, so that should tell you how that race went where I, I went out just feeling fantastic. I, I may be feeling fantastic. I went out hard, you know, very aggressive. And, uh, when I looked down, I saw the first mile, I was like, Oh, that's, that's really good. That's a really good split. Can I hang on to that? And then I, I did. I even just said, I, I literally felt like I got stabbed in the ribs and I just had the worst pain like through my like middle, like my ribs, my, my lungs, my heart, everything was like, oh, and I hung out. And then that second mile that split, it just, it was just crushing how, how much I slowed and I didn't feel like it. I felt like I worked harder on mile two than mile one, but that is a 5k in a nutshell is that, that you put at fourth X effort and it really has nothing to do with, with your output. You, you, you're pretty much at the mercy of, of what you can do that day and you only have so much control over it. And it's not like a marathon either. If you see that high schooler sprint out the gate, you're like, dude, we got, we got a couple hours out here. I can maybe catch him later. It's like, you know, you see him take off and in your mind, you can't help but think, ah, if they get too big of a lead, I'm not going to catch them. Yeah. I'm confused though, Steve. Did you PR or not? I, well, uh, I okay, so I Strava PR'd, but I did not PR. You know, you know, the 3.10 miles was still my PR, I consider. But on Thanksgiving, I ran 3.11, and I think I was about 20 seconds slower. So that's my Strava PR. Oh, no, wait, my PR. No, the PR. Uh, so when I said PR, what? that was my mile PR, Charlie. I ran a mile PR in my first mile. So, yeah, okay. I should have been more clear there. But, uh, yeah, my first mile was so fast. Strava said, that was the fastest mile you've ever run, dumbass. And you've got two more to go. 
Oh, oh yeah. Man. Oh, that's but funny. You know what? So when 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 was your PR five k? I know you've been doing oh, yeah. PRs all yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. Was that? This oh, that year, was in uh, that was in October. Uh, race called McQueen's, and uh, yeah, so right. that was that was a good night, a good day, uh, good course. It was just one of those days. Everything went right, and legs felt good. Um, but uh, um, like I said, I, I haven't been. I've not been just pouring on miles. My previous five k PR came like the end of a like a sixty mile week. And that was uh, in the midst of marathon training. I had good legs, but I had a lot of miles on them. And I, you know, I pulled off a PR, but you know, I'm sure I knew in my heart of hearts that given the right circumstances, I could do better when I wasn't training for a, a marathon. So I'm very down on marathons this episode, aren't I? Good. Well, I mean, that's just because there's that's none true. to run. <laughs> can't be really high on something that uh, doesn't exist at the moment yeah that's true. <laughs> i'm kicking marathons while they're done nobody's nobody's uh nobody's doing a informal <laughs> marathon <laughs> where uh, you run to a flagpole <laughs> or something they, yeah short of virtual marathons where you, you know you better be sending me my my package with my medal and my shirt but yeah you don't have dudes getting together going hey do a uh, you know, let's do a, a Arbor Day marathon for the hell of it. Yeah, that's not happening. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay, I've got one more subject for us what today, Steve. Um, okay, let's hear yes. it. Yes, this is going to have to do less with us and more with our significant others, or just significant others of um, yeah. runners in general. Is, and we're just going to use wife because it's easier than saying significant other over and over again. Is your wife a coach or a couch? (laughs) Now, when I say this, I am not referring to whatsoever physical appearance or activity levels. (laughs) I'm simply talking about is your wife... Someone, when you say, ah, I don't feel like running tonight. Do you think I should? If she's a coach, she'll be like, well, if you want to get to X miles this <laughs> week, uh, uh, we're X number of weeks away from the race. And um, yeah, I think we need to keep at it. That would be a coach. Or is your wife someone that says, Oh no, take tonight off. Let's order in some pizza. Let's crack open some beers and watch some <laughs> TV. That would be that would be a couch. A couch. Now, Steve, you personally, is your wife a coach <laughs> or a couch? This is, <laughs> I have to laugh, Charlie. This is like the most uh like um with like the most set up segment we've ever done. I mean, this is something like so. Yeah, I feel like a like game show host. Commercial. Um, <laughs> and, and you know what? But it's a fascinating question, isn't it? Um, There's a good question. So my, my thought is, number one, my wife, I believe, I've been running long enough that she recognizes my need to run. So she's very encouraging. However, um, there, was, there was a time recently, like, especially when I'm training for marathons, we'll get back to this, but I was um, – you know, I was running many, 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 many days in a row. And I think she, I, I revealed how many days I was running in a row. 
And she was a little taken aback, like, you know, shouldn't you take some time off? Shouldn't you, shouldn't you take a day off? And um, I mean, she was right. I probably should have, and I probably could have used some time off. But um, so she, I think she just tries to encourage whatever it is I'm ha- I happen to be going through. But ladies and gentlemen, yeah. listening to the podcast right now, uh, Steve here is skirting around the answer. He I'm is uh, afraid to give a I'm specific wife answer. Out. He uh, he may. He may be afraid no, to refer to his not, wife as a wife couch, is which not is a understandable couch when it comes to running. But I think there are times. I'll, I'll say this: okay. there are times that I think fewer let's miles would be to my benefit in my wife's. Let's make this very specific, Steve. You're having an average week of running, several weeks in a row, than average. It's Wednesday night. You say to your wife, or whatever night you generally run in the evening, you tell her, I'm not sure I feel like doing my normal Wednesday night run tonight. How would she respond? Then stay home. Stay home. Let's hang out. You can run tomorrow. You can call her a couch. Let's get on the couch. Let's, Let's order pizza. You don't need to run tonight. You can run tomorrow. You ran yesterday. Take the day off. You're giving her a lot of uh, coach speak as a couch. <laughs> now, I do have to My offer, wife, and you have, to, you have to experience this too, though. Your, your friends push you a lot more than you would expect your wife to. I mean, you get that amount of A-type coaching from your, your running crew, don't you? Like, I don't think uh, I would want that yeah. from my wife. Yeah, I don't think I would want to come home with my wife saying, no, I, "Hey, your, you know, your your mileage is is subpar this week. What the hell are you doing?" I get that plenty from from other people. So, no, I get that plenty between the ears. <laughs> so, <laughs> I uh, I don't know if I want. That's my my wife is a hundred percent a couch. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, if I ever say I don't feel like writing, she's like, "You, you deserve tonight off. Let's, let's, let's watch some Love It or List It. This will be great." Um, she is, she is one hundred percent a couch. And uh, the the thing is, you got to know what you have and manage it because I know if I ask her if I'm if I feel like I should run, I know I'm not. Yeah. I don't even ask her or I don't say anything because I know which way she's going to push me. I've already decided I'm not running by the time I open my mouth to, to her to say, I don't feel like running. And then I get the little good. <laughs> yeah. Let's have family <laughs> night, you know? So, it, so you just got to be aware yeah, but, of what you have. And it's a great point, but you know what? I think we need to include our wives in the population of just non runners that think what we do is, sometimes a little bit absurd. It's a little bit A-type. Um, it's a little bit over the top, honestly. And, I mean, our wives are, are just, just normal, regular people that sometimes don't understand the lengths that we're willing to go through just to improve two seconds on a, on a maybe a 5K. You know what I'm saying? I've got some friends where both husband and wife are runners. I think it's probably fair to say that the husband is a much more serious runner than the wife is, but the wife also runs. 
And this friend, his name's Ryan. He lives here in Salt Lake. He does a lot of ultra races. Uh, he's completed a hundred miler. We've posted his blog on yeah. on our Facebook yeah. and Twitter before. But he, um, this year, for some reason, remember that 1.4 mile loop yep. I was telling you about? He decided to run <laughs> 33 miles <sighs> on that loop for his 33rd birthday. And uh, I joined him for some loops, as did others. And I was with him fairly late, mid to high 20s. Uh, part of it and his wife was there showed up to give him some water encouragement or whatever and he was you know 33 miles he was taking some walk breaks there and uh, he was telling her uh, (laughs) I don't know man I don't think I I don't think I'm gonna do this today and her response I thought was perfect she's like okay you you know what's best for you but I, I bet you'll regret that later no, that's a great question. Great answer, yeah. And I was, I thought that was perfect, and and I think most wives probably lean more couch than coach, so I I'd call her a coach actually. Well, but it's entirely and that's an pretty, entirely reasonable response, and I think yeah, I think to some true. extent our wives know. Just yeah, I don't think anybody's wife is like calling them a wuss no. and saying, uh, you know, that know, they better know Ryan's dig down wife, deep. But I can maybe see a scenario where she's thinking to herself, like, "Oh my god, I want to put up with this guy if he comes home. The mood he's going to be in for the next two <laughs> weeks. Oh, the moodiness. <laughs> I don't want to put up runner. with this. So do what you know is right. But Real quick, Unbearable. though, Charlie, I, I think it's time that you and I both admit to our, our loyal listeners a, a guilty pleasure that we both share. Uh, a, a certain television show, do you know what I'm referring to? Uh, I'm Lifetime. It's a Lifetime I, television I show. Yeah. Oh, wait. Lifetime I think it's Lifetime, but it's, uh, it's Married at First Sight. We're both... We're both... Oh, okay. I've only uh, seen it on Netflix, I've, so I've I didn't only, know I that it was... We, a, uh, Oh, I, I think we figured out that if you can you can what, stream it more on uh, Lifetime, but it's a it's a guilty pleasure of ours. Is that correct? You agree with that statement? It's garbage yeah. television. Um, real garbage reality television that uh, I find captive, <laughs> yeah. captivating. Yes, and my wife and I binged, and I'm sure there was a night that I was like, I don't feel like running, and she's like, Yes, we can watch so much Married at First Sight tonight. <laughs> without you running and showering and taking so all that had time this, uh, so yeah yeah pleasure I had this, for sure. uh, this i don't know this this moment during one of the shows because you know and I, the present the the name says it all but it is it's two people that get married at first sight so they get married and then they have a uh, quote-unquote honeymoon so they, they spend the night together immediately after meeting and i was imagining what would happen if a runner was was put on that show where they had to, they were assigned a wife or a husband, either one. And uh, they spent one night together and, uh, you know, they show these people after their first night together, ever being husband and wife, just getting to know each other where the runner, the alarm would go off at like six in the morning. And uh, when the shoes (laughs) would go on, the clothes are laying next to the bed. And the, uh, in this case, significant other would be like, what in the hell are you doing? Like, I got to run. Like, 
I could, the end of the you know, is I, right there. You watch this. Yeah, you watch this crap, and you can't help but you know think yes, what you, you yeah, do in that yeah. scenario. Like what? Like the runner's mind, and how much how much better you'd be at it. And I actually thought of this. Uh, I I would not run the morning after the wedding. I'm sure, and one of two things would happen because they are like on a flight to Antigua within seemingly 48 yeah, hours, quick, right? You would run, Charlie, but so, you would, you would con- you'd know ahead of time that's going to be my day off this week, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So one of two things would happen in Antigua, though, um, or whatever tropical island you end up at. Either I would keep running and the new wife would just have to learn about that and deal with it or i wouldn't run but i would spend so much time explaining to this stranger that i'm married to how big of a commitment i'm showing by taking four or five six days off in a row from running and how big of a compliment they should take that as so um either way i'd be unbearable immediately so I'm so thankful I got I the couch can't. I have. Thank you. I that, that's, deal with it. <laughs> that was I was thinking around to that. I love my couch. Whatever, <laughs> however we classify our, our our wives in this case, um, yeah, we we can be very thankful how tolerant that that they have to be to our our strange, absurd lifestyles. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we should have a good song to close this with. I'm not sure I can think of one. So I'm going to talk about all the social media we are on. People should follow. We're on Facebook. Simply search for Running Buds Podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter at Buds Running. And we have an email address, budsrunning at gmail.com. Got to admit, email's been a little dry lately. We love to hear your guys' thoughts and opinions or whatever you got going on. We'll probably talk about it on the show. So please send us an email or a Facebook message or tweet at us. Any of the above. Any of the above. You Have know you what, Charlie? I was thinking I was thinking about this. And uh, you know, we 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 name a song, but we can't play it, right? That's that's our that's our new uh, complication. We have lost the ability to add songs on the end of the episode, so uh, just go on YouTube and play it or Spotify yeah, or whatever have, you use real, to look it up. I have to but, take a minute. Uh, we're still going to do is my, this. This right? is my nightmare part of the show because I am so horrible at uh, what the last time we did this, I, I mistook the song. I had the wrong band. Um, the, we did a Radiohead, which I love Radiohead. I named the wrong album, and it's just an absolute disaster. Yeah, you actually yeah. named a song and thought it was an album. Well, Luckily, yeah, I, I confused Love Stinks you. with uh, uh, what? Love, uh, love. What the heck was it? I don't, see, I get confused. Pain, love is pain. Pain. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, um, back. Love, hurts. love hurts. I confuse love, love hurts. hurts with uh, Love Stinks, and anyhow. So, and then when that happens, because I know music and I, I love music. And, and ladies and gentlemen, he is stalling because he have, still hasn't have, thought of a song. I'm, but I'm uh, giving you my okay. where I'm going with, with this, new, this new paradigm and ending the show with a song. Um, I, think, uh, I think I'd like to share music trivia 
um, with the, the song that that I, I have this interesting story about, and I'm going to try to come up with this anytime that Charlie asks, but um, it's something you can talk about on a run. But Charlie, are you familiar with um, Sarah McLaughlin? I will remember you. Um, are you familiar? She has a song called Possession. Will you remember? One of her early songs is called Possession, which is a pretty disturbing song. Don't let your love. You know the song? Possession. I will. Possession by Sarah McLaughlin. I am not familiar. I only know her work that is uh, accompanying. Very interesting song. Under song, the lyrics come from um, fan letters of obsessed fans, and so she she took lyrics. So she took her lyrics from letters that she was getting that were pretty much from deranged people, and one of the deranged people that were sending her letters. Come on, Sarah. Write well, your yes, own stuff. Exactly right. One of the deranged <laughs> people sued Sarah McLaughlin for using his words that in letters that he sent to her in her song and tried to get royalties or whatever. You tried to get some kind of restitution. And uh, before the song, before everyone went to trial, uh, the guy ended up committing suicide. So, yeah. Whoa, that's that a left turn I wasn't uh, expecting. If, if you ever listen to the song, imagine her getting letters and using the words from letters that she was getting from fans. And uh, what is it called? Possession or obsession? Possession. Yes. Possession. Possession by yeah. Sarah McLaughlin. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to the longest um, intro to a song we have had on this podcast. And all of that for Music Sarah McLaughlin. Possession. Un- uh, all of our songs are on a Spotify playlist, though. Uh, if you simply look up Running Buds episode music, you can uh, find all these songs that we, air quotes, end the show with. Uh, we are the Running yeah. Buds. Thank you for listening. Until next time. It's just so hard. Safe. You take my breath away. Running Buds. <laughs>